0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hallmark Movie Drafts, where our three guest panelists are Hallmark movie enthusiasts and Deck the Hallmark podcast double-deckers who love to rate, rank, and debate all things Hallmark movies related. And today they'll be working with and against one another to create the definitive list of the 10 best Hallmark movies featuring the multi-talented Antonio Caone. In fact, everyone on today's show, including Aaron, Beth, and I, and our special guest co host are all card-carrying members of the K-Only Fans Club, Antonio's fan club. And we are beyond excited that Antonio will be joining us later in the show after the final list has been drafted. He's gonna chat with all of us, maybe give us his reactions to the list. Who knows where the conversation is gonna lead. And with that, I'm Lynn, your host, and with me is my co-host, Aaron Beth. And joining us today as a special guest co-host, is someone who has drafted a few times and always brings her A game with thoughts and opinions. This is her first time as a guest co-host, though it's none other than the double-decker Hall Star Magnet, Tracy, <laughs> dialing in on her phone from Kansas Christmas Con. Hey, Yay. hi everybody.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna apologize for any background noise because I'm sitting in the lobby of the convention center, but. I'll try to mute myself whenever possible.
0: <laughs> so so uh, how's it going over there, by the way?
1: Uh, oh, we're having a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I got a great picture for my Christmas card this year, just going to say.
0: This. Very uh, good. Right. Well, when you were <laughs> when you years. were at Ramble Fest last year, you met Antonio. So what was it like to hang with him for a couple of days in, in Greenville last year?
1: I think anybody who met him and anybody else
0: on the panel here
1: that met him will say the same thing. The most delightful, sweet, generous with his time, um, just a great guy, like super down to earth, um, and just like was and very interested in what you had to say. So I just,
0: he's so great.
1: Awesome. He's awesome.
0: awesome. So, Aaron Beth, we talked to Antonio a couple of times through the KOK only fans fan club, and you actually, uh, drafted last month for the Taylor Cole draft. So how's it feel to be back in the um co-host seat? Well
2: much more comfortable because I know the answers to all the trivia. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a huge difference. And um I was like to say Antonio had his hand in a couple of the questions with the trivia this time.
0: He helped me out a little bit but yes I am glad to be back in the co-host seat. Awesome. Awesome. So Aaron Beth um we also have we've got some Photos of some of the drinks that Deck the Hallmark podcast producer extraordinaire Erin has made. She is the official mixologist of Hallmark movie drafts. Um, the themes are all around. Yes, uh, Jessica is holding up one of one of hers. Um, she's made some themed drinks that tie into Antonio's movies. Uh, you'll be able to see the recipes and the names um, on the Hallmark movie drafts Instagram. Um, and they're really great. Uh, both of There's a non-alcoholic one as well. And and both of the drinks tie into his sort of Christmas at Evergreen movies that are so wonderful, or maybe they won't make the list, who knows? Um, so those are good. So definitely, definitely check them, definitely check them out, okay? So in the intro, I said the multi-talented Antonio Caon, and it's really true. He's an actor, an author, a restaurateur, It's a huge accomplishment to become a known entity in one genre like Hallmark movies on television, but Antonio's experience and talents are known well beyond the Hallmark world. Um, He's the author of Currently Dadding. It's the book he wrote about fatherhood. His acting credits include various episodic television series and theater and stage appearances. He's a co-host with Bran on the Falling for Basketball podcast and, oh yes, then there are the restaurants that he's involved with. I'm sure I'm leaving something out, but the great news is, is as I said, everyone that's drafting today is an Antonio super fan and they will remind me of anything that I've left out as we go through and, and play the game. So speaking of the game, everybody here has had a few months to put together their own personal top 10 list of Antonio's Hallmark movies out of the 15 that he's made um, as of this date. They are, They've ranked them um, from 10th best to the number one favorite, and they're ready to battle it out to get as many of their own picks as possible onto the final list, ideally in the position they have them ranked in. So let's jump right into introducing our three drafters. They've all met Antonio just like Tracy, and you can see everybody's photos on the uh, Hallmark movie drafts Instagram that they took with Antonio. So first up, is Nicole. Nicole, this is your first time drafting with us. You met Antonio last July at Bramble Fest. And since then, you've formed a friendship with him. You are the one who created a really engaging Antonio k Own fan club page on Facebook and Instagram. It's the one whose name I keep mispronouncing. It's called K-Only Fans. And listeners, um, in the show notes, you're going to be able to see a link to those socials so that you can join too. So, Nicole, I'm really curious to see what your list is going to look like, what you've chosen, and whether or not you're nervous, not only because you're friends with him, but because he's going to be hearing this list as we get to the end of the show.
3: A little bit, yes. And You say friends. I like to say friends. He may say stalker, but... (laughs) We'll see what he says.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he's gonna say stalker. Um, And also, you know, breaking news. And Nicole, you just published a children's book. Um, It is so fabulous. It's charming. The illustrations, you, you not only wrote it, you did the illustrations as well, which are just so vibrant and so charming. It's called Dexter's New Home. So, super congratulations! I'm Thank holding you. my copy right here. I intend to uh, donate. Have you signed it at Bramble Fest, and I'm going to donate it to our local town library for their children's book collection. So, um, I noticed in the in the dedication that you mentioned Antonio. So, are there any little Antonio Easter eggs hidden?
3: There at the bar. One of the characters is named Chester and has a slight resemblance to Antonio based off of the first character I ever saw him as, Chester Lime and the Darrow and Darrows. There is also a hidden apple that if you're a true, oh. true Only fan, you will understand and why an apple is important. And there is an apple hidden, I will not tell you where because I would need Antonio to find it. It's <laughs> fabulous. Yes.
0: That is awesome. Nicole is referring to a lunch that she did um, that a zoom lunch that she did with Antonio and all of us who are in the fan club and the topic of apples came up and it was a, a lively discussion, particularly on a specific apple. And <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. So um, if you're not already a member, you're really missing out. So K only fans is the name of the fan club on Facebook and on Instagram. All right. Next up is someone who is joining us from her car on the way to the airport, has to catch a flight. It's none other than Double Decker Yumi. Yumi, welcome. Yay. Hello.
4: Yay. Oh yes. I'm so sorry about the car part. But I'm 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 getting closer to being stopping. So that'll that'll be fine. But I'm so happy to join. This is fantastic.
0: Yes. And we are thrilled to have you in um, your perspective as far as you know meeting Antonio engaging with him you're the person on the panel who's actually been to his restaurants yes yeah how how was it
4: well we went to two of them I I dragged my ever-obliging husband along and said we have to go to these restaurants (laughs) and he was (laughs) like okay um uh, and they were great. We went to the very first one that he opened, the Mackenzie Room first, and then our second trip up to Vancouver. And I should say these restaurants are in Vancouver, British Columbia, and we live in the Seattle area, so it's a little bit of a drive. But we we're going up there anyway. Uh, and, the, and the other restaurant we went to was Say Mercy, and they were both wonderful. I really enjoyed it. Um, but we got to meet Antonio at the first one at the Mackenzie Room, and he was incredibly gracious and. Came and chatted with us, and talked about the restaurant, and talked about the dishes, and just, you know, his um, ever engaging, enthusiastic self about the food and the restaurant. So it was really wonderful.
0: Well, it looks like it was an amazing experience. So um, Yumi uh, gave me some photos of the meals that they had there at both restaurants. So you can find those photos as well on um, on the Hallmark Movies Draft. Instagram. So look forward to that. I wish I lived uh, closer so that um, my husband and I can make that trip, but maybe uh, someday we'll be up there because that food looked absolutely amazing.
4: Yeah. And uh, uh, Mark, my husband can vouch for the quality of the cocktails.
3: Those are also very good. <laughs> good. <laughs>
4: good.
0: Um, and our third and final panelist is actually making HMD history today with this appearance it's a jessica Yes, yay, yay, me. yay. <laughs> jessica you are the very first double decker to do back-to-back drafts so which funny. is both crazy and astonishing <laughs> <laughs> so you literally just did the taylor cole draft a couple of weeks ago where you went head-to-head against meredith and Aaron beth but you are such a huge Antonio fan and were such a natural choice to join the fun. Um, You met him at Bramble Fest last year where we were all blown away by his impromptu spoken word recitation. And uh, Aaron, Beth, and I saw it online. We were joining virtually with a bunch of other people. So speaking of words, (laughs) what's the first word that pops into your mind when you hear the name Antonio King.
5: I mean, there's Uber Blanco and then there's, you know, my last name because his dad's from that country, Trinidad. <laughs> so <laughs> He I mean, like he he's we had a He was so, you know, friendly and giving of his time, like um, Tracy's already said. And afterward, I walked and uh, we were just chatting for a little bit more. And and he's like, oh, that's cool. You speak Spanish. I speak French. I'm speaking Spanish. I'm like, hey, then how do you have a name like Antonio? And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I said it, I'm like, well, Spanish teacher. And he goes, oh, my dad's from Trinidad. And I'm like, whoa, and I held up my name tag. And he's like, oh, and then he told me all about like his dad's background, the which was like so interesting that his dad was like a, a pioneer and, um, in um, diverse casting and, and diversity in the arts in, in Canada. Um, so that was really cool. And the Uber de Blanco was from when... Um, they were doing the history, his story. Like that's when I first started kind of interacting with him. I thought, okay, these are these celebrities sitting on a stage, right? And they were sitting there and then, um, they're talking the history thing. And then he goes, um, uh, Dan keeps saying like pounds of milk. And Tony was like, that's not, that's a weird way to measure. And then I would just set out loud, but I wasn't trying to like t- speak to them or anything. I just go, yeah, it should be like leaders. And he turned over, turned, made eye contact, laser eye contact with me. And he's like, exactly right. And I'm like, Oh my God. And so for the rest of the weekend, he'd like turn over and like interact with me. Like when he was doing stuff on stage and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm friends with the dude. <laughs> the doctor okay. to me, and, like, and he also like, received, you know, he responds to messages. Yeah. So it's just like, like that was exciting. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm just like, this guy's an actor on TV and stuff. And I'm like talking to him. <laughs> and he said, okay. at the end, he goes, he goes, you know, I really appreciate, you know, interacting with you. Cause I felt really like overwhelmed and, and nervous and like it grounded me to be able to talk to you, like interact with you in the audience. I'm like, okay, no problem. Anytime. <laughs>
0: so Nicole, if, if Antonio is starting a stalker list, I think we might have another candidate yeah. that can go onto that <laughs> onto that list. But it's all it's okay. all in good
5: fun. Okay, well, so, as long sorry. as my passports
0: still expire, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let's start shifting into gameplay mode here. So if this is your first time listening, you might want to pause here and listen to the Hallmark Movie Drafts intro show first. That's where I go over the rules in more depth. I talk about the format of the game, how Vitas have worked, all that kind of good stuff. Or you can keep listening and no doubt you will pick it up. So eligibility for this draft is very straightforward. The Mm -hmm. movies had to have premiered on Hallmark or Hallmark Movies and Mysteries Channel and must feature Antonio in a lead or supporting role. As I said earlier, there are 15 movies eligible for this draft. You can see the list on on the Hallmark Movie Draft's Instagram. Um, So That's the parameters that uh, all of our panelists are, are working within. So let's start talking about drafting positions for this match. There are three of them, A, B, and C. Drafter C picks positions 10, 7, and 3 on the list. Drafter C gets one veto card and one veto override card. Drafter B picks positions 9, 6, 4, and 2. Drafter B gets only one veto card because this position gets four picks instead of three. So this this player has more chances to get movies from their personal list onto their final list. And drafter A picks positions eight, five, and the number one position on the list. Drafter A gets one veto card and one bonus veto. So in addition to picking the number one movie and getting one um, additional veto card to use, it really gives you maybe an advantage or maybe not. It depends on how stealthily everybody else plays. Um, As I said, uh, both Nicole and Yumi are first time players, so they're coming into the game just um, with no extra vetoes hidden away in their pockets. Jessica Um, is a returning player, but she used all of her vetoes in the Taylor Cole game. So everyone is just as Bran loves it. They're all on an even playing field. Nobody has an advantage. Do what you will. Pick your drafting position wisely. And how do we get to know who's going to be picking what? That's where Tracy and Aaron Beth come in doing the uh, veto So the first person to answer one veto question correctly gets to pick which drafting position they want. The next person to answer a veto a veto question a uh, a uh, a trivia question correctly gets to pick the their position, and then whoever didn't answer anything or comes in third gets whatever. position is left over
5: so so nicole goes first and then (laughs) then (laughs) maybe maybe not we'll see
0: (laughs) so tracy and aaron back take it away and good luck everybody
2: all right so i'm gonna start with the rules real fast um number one you can't answer until i have finished asking the question no jumping in before i finish speaking Two, as soon as I finished asking the question, just shout out your answer. Three, I will tell you if your answer is right or wrong. If you're wrong, you can't guess again until the other two drafters have made a guess. And four, if if I have to give you a hint or a clue, then anyone can answer after that, even if you just guessed incorrectly. All right, I think we are all set and ready. And Tracy is gonna take it away with the number one question.
1: All right. I don't know if you can hear me very well, only because a panel just let out and it it seems loud to me. But all right. Question number one. Fix my glasses. Antonio and what Christmas and Evergreen co-star went to Ryerson Theatre School. Ricky
2: Bernard. Oh, that was like. That was so close. I'm gonna say it was like exactly at the same I time. I think it was exactly the same. Yeah. yeah I heard it okay. You Dang exactly
4: it. It's the, the one same question time, I know
2: the answer way. to. <laughs> oh, really really All right. Well, we will go on to question number two. In uh-huh. fashionably yours, at what age were Antonio's character and Lauren friends?
5: Fifteen.
2: No, Jessica is incorrect. 15. It's not 15. There's your clue. <laughs> 10. No. Nicole, you want to take one guess?
3: I know they say childhood friends. I don't know if they gave a year. I'll go with 18.
2: Oh, so close. It was 17. 18. Instead of uh, continuing to guess numbers, I'm going to pass it back to Tracy for question number three.
1: Okay. Question number three. Okay, I'm going to try to do this. Oh, somebody's very happy. Right. Very okay. It's a taste of summer what is the name of the team antonio's character coaches yes
2: nicole got it yep
1: good
5: job
2: nicole the answer was blue Jays. so if you want to take this next few seconds to look over the the um, drafting order and decide which order you want to go in um i'm going to ask the next question which is antonio isn't just in hallmark movies in which <laughs> weekly series did he have a recurring role
5: darrow and darrow ah. darrow and darrow
2: no that yeah. weekly series yeah. ah you me do you want to
3: guess no <laughs> Can i guess again chesapeake shore <laughs> I
4: so Yumi's camera killer, yeah? is
0: off because she's in her car, but I am envisioning that that I was her too. went with a big scrunchy face. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was like,
2: yeah. I will go ahead and give a clue on this one. Um, this, no, one it, this one takes place Sorry, now. I ruined it. I'm sorry? The clue is this one takes place near water. Chesapeake Shores. All right, Jessica, you got it by sheer ah.
5: just.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought he
5: was on that show. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> wow.
0: Talk about, I'm not going to say dumb luck, but talk about dumb <laughs> luck. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. So that was great, you guys. So Nicole, so Nicole, you get to um, pick your drafting order. Do you need me to tell you the numbers again? I can run through them.
3: I think I will go with B.
0: Wow. So Nicole is going to be drafter B. That means she is going to get the most picks. She'll have nine, six, four, and two. And she'll have one veto. But she'll also be the first in the veto order. Where she'll have to declare whether or not she's going to veto a pick. So Nicole has taken drafter B. Jessica, how about you? That leaves A and C. I think I'm gonna,
5: I think I'm gonna go with C this time.
0: Okay. Jessica has chosen drafter C, even though I have written her next to drafter A and scribbled it out. So that we have that. Drafter C gets positions 10, 7, and 3. And Jessica will have one veto and she'll get the veto override, which works as um, if someone plays a veto against a pick that Jessica actually agrees with, she can say veto override and it will cancel out that veto that's been played and it will lock that that pick right into place and will go on with the game. So she can't use a veto override unless she's going to cancel out a veto. It doesn't give her any other vetoing power. So that means that you, Yumi, are drafter A, you will have positions eight, five, and one. And you, in essence, get two vetoes. You get a, a, a regular veto that everyone gets and you get the bonus veto, which works the same way. So that's
4: amazing because I was really struggling with the bottom of my list, but I have very strong opinions about the top of the list.
0: <laughs> Sin, well, you can, you can work it, girl. Good luck. Yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> I don't know, these these guys look kind of ruthless to me. They're all smiling right now. They're smiling right now, but we know how this goes. Okay, so Jessica, when you are ready, please DM me in the chat, your selection for the number 10 pick, which I already have. Jessica has chosen a movie from 2019 The leads are Eric Winter and Rosalind Sanchez, who are married in real life. They play Gabby and Caleb, and it features Antonio as Matthew. The log line from um, IMDb, goes a little like this. Um, Gabby Farrar, played by Roslyn, is a sous chef in New York who moves to the town of Brightshore, Massachusetts to open a restaurant. When she gets there, she encounters Caleb Delaney, a single father who runs his own restaurant and coaches the girls' softball team. Both restaurants will compete in the town's Taste of Summer Food Festival. And throughout the summer, Gabby finds joy in running her own restaurant and gets to know Caleb. So Jessica. Tell us about Antonio's storyline as Matthew okay. and why you picked this movie for number 10. He
5: He's all around like great dad, husband, brother-in-law, supportive and cheerful and uh, and, and loving and good. And um, he really, he, he elevates, in my opinion, he elevates a story. It's kind of a standard garden variety, you know, Hallmark summer story and like rivals to lovers. Um, another reason that I that I like this movie for one thing I love the female lead I'm I'm a big fan of them she's in the redo of a fantasy island and um and she's just she's just lovely she's gorgeous her her accent's beautiful um I love the the, that actor that plays big boss man Jeffries and like everything I love that he's now like her mentor and all this um that's that's he's he's such a great like bit actor and everything he's in so like that the main stuff is is enjoyable and pleasant but like the presence of Antonio makes it like just adds an extra sparkle, um, and um, and just like every time he's on screen, it's just like, oh, there's just like a bigger smile, you know.
0: Reasons, good good choice. So, Nicole, um, what do you think of a taste of summer at number 10? You're going to veto it? Do you agree? How do you
3: feel about this? I won't veto it. It was my number 13, but I'll leave it stay at 10. Um, I do think the scene, there's something about the look on his face whenever he comes in and having his daughter say they're making dinner and they want to know what. and he has the frozen pizzas there's just something really charming he doesn't even say anything it's just the look on his face when he's waving those boxes around i think it's kind of cute all
0: right nicole's just gonna let it slide even though it was didn't even make her list yumi what about you hey nice to see you i'm sure whatever sorry, you said was brilliant sorry.
4: yeah no no i said i'm wearing my wise ass hat because i was trying to get mentally prepared for today <laughs> um uh no i have taste of summer at 13 as well so it's like there just wasn't enough of antonio in it for me but it's a you know it's not worth it's not worth giving up a veto at this point so i'm not gonna go down that path
0: but yeah it's it's fine i just wish there had been more of him in it but it's okay movie all right. Well, that was fast. So A Taste of Summer gets locked in at position number 10. Nicole, you're up next. You can DM me your pick for number nine. And while she's doing that, Tracy, what do you think of A Taste of Summer at number 10? Um, I had it on my list. I had it actually higher up on my list.
1: Um, I think for the same reason, I think I had it at six or something like that, or eight. I can't, I can't. I have to flip back and forth from my phone screen. So that I can't remember exactly where it was. Um, but I, I for the same reasons Jessica said um, he's very charming in it um, and I, I, in my head I have to remember is it the movie or are we talking about like because it's an Antonio draft so I know we've had this conversation before in other drafts are we thinking about just him in the movies and his or are we talked talk about the entire movie as a whole um, because well, I'm sure it'll come up in other in, in other picks I'm guessing but um, so it was kind of hard for me to pick. I liked him a lot in this one, and I liked his character in this one a lot. I know Yumi had the he's not in it a lot. Eh, true, but I did really like his character in him. And
0: he yeah, that's plays always that's always the challenge, right? And that's the beauty of yeah. the game. It's like, what are you basing your picks on? Everybody's got little spreadsheets and they've got their little grading models and they've got, you know, their color-coded Excels, and it's all fabulous. Right. But at the end of the day. You really can't predict how someone is actually going to play and what's so the motivation have, i had play. it up higher on
1: my list
0: yeah yeah i'm not drafting this time so yeah, yeah yeah exactly okay so i have nicole's pick for number nine nicole is actually offering up a movie from 2020 it stars Ryan Pavey as Daniel, Taylor Cole as Julia, and Antonio is Matt. And the story goes like this. Julia Palmer, played by Cole, is a professional matchmaker who is trying to convince Daniel, who is Ryan Pavey, the handsome newcomer in town, to sign up for a company's matchmaking services. Landing him as a client would help her chances for a job promotion at her firm, Daniel reluctantly agrees to be matched, and as they work together, Julia begins to develop feelings for him. Because he's a client, however, she has to stay professional and keep her feelings to herself while while she helps him search for love. So, Nicole, tell us about Antonio's role as Matt in this storyline and why you think this belongs at number nine.
3: Um, I like this movie, but I don't think it should be much higher than this one, in my opinion. He has good chemistry with Latonya Williams, who this is the second time he's paired with her as a significant other. There's several cute scenes with him and Ryan Pavey with him offering advice. Um, I got some behind the scenes info from Antonio while him and Ryan Pavey are walking the dogs. Uh, Ryan just wanted to play with the dogs. He is allergic to dogs, so he kept sneezing. And the dogs were crazy the whole time. So he said that there are some pretty funny outtakes from those scenes, and I would like to see those instead. But (laughs) other than that, I think this is a good place for that movie.
0: (laughs) Okay, so um, Nicole has offered up matching hearts, kind of with a little bit of a hot take there. You were sounding a little bit like Dan at the end. I'd rather see the outtakes of this. But I I get your vibe.
5: I totally get it. That's great. That is...
0: That's awesome. So Jessica, you are next up in the veto order. What do you think of matching hearts at number nine?
5: I mean, I had a higher, but, um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight this one. Um, I might've had a higher cause movie overall, but on Antonio's part, yeah, I can see it if you go by there. But, um, one thing I'll say is, um, you know, watching these movies, I kept like a laser sharp focus on him and like his every expression and stuff the way that man looks at his ladies is it's it's quite lovely he's just like there's a point where he's like looking at the, the woman he's has intentions for and she's like oh okay <laughs> that's nice
0: jessica's so, like a fan herself as she's making these statements <laughs> great Yumi, yeah, what crazy. about you what do you think about matching hearts at number nine it's not my favorite movie um <laughs>
4: but Antonio's really good in it. Right. And I think that's, that's the tension that we keep talking about, which is like, how much do I like him in it? And how much do I dislike the movie? Right. Like what's the, (laughs) it's like, if he was great, but I didn't really like the movie, I'd rather go and have him, you know, reward that performance for him. So this was lower for me, but I'm not gonna, I'm also not going to fight it because he was charming
0: in it as he usually is. So. That's a word. That's an adjective that gets used a lot for Antonio. It's charming yeah. and thoughtful, yeah. generous and kind. Absolutely. That's great. Guys, you did it again. Okay. Matching hearts is locked in at number nine, played by Nicole. So you may, this will be your first time. You can DM me your Hold picture <laughs> for number eight. Is she switching? I don't. This is a nightmare killing me today. <laughs> I know I'm sorry I'm sorry you're fine you're fine. So Tracy um Tracy and Aaron Beth, what do you think of matching hearts at number at number nine?
2: It was my I mean it was my number 11 so like it wasn't horribly out of out of there but I love dogs.
1: <laughs> so mm-hmm.
2: I don't know how much of it was Luna, but you know I think he's really good in this one and I think the thoughtful. The way he looks, I agree. He just gives him that, yeah, you know, those ugly eyes, and and he's just sweet in it. Crazy. I pulled up your list.
1: Do you need a refresh oh, yeah. on, where,
0: on where this? Place? Oh no, I, it
1: wasn't. It wasn't on my top ten. I don't think. Uh, um, but I agree. I think. I think I had it. Just FYI, full disclosure. I left everything at home or in my classroom locked up, so I didn't remember. I had to send them my list. From memory while i'm sitting in the convention <laughs> hall i was all eh. so i was like i think this is what it was i think i had it about where beth had it about 11 or 12. it was right underneath my top 10. same reasons i love dogs you cannot like i love 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 him. um uh still not one of my favorite movies but of course let's we're all gonna say it many many times antonio is charming and like all of them. It's, it's just, it's just we love it that's why we're all super yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh but you know, it's not my. It's not one of my favorite movies. Like the dogs. The dogs put it up above the bottom. <laughs> a little bit above, yeah, above and the just
0: bottom. yeah. Just as a reminder, if you ever doubted the dedication of the players who who um, join join the show every month, do not doubt it because we've got Tracy in a convention hall in Kansas City on her phone because she forgot her laptop, so she's like sequestered in a corner with thousands of people that are walking by stalking her got Yumi waiting to catch a plane she's remote you're out of your car now because I can see you so that's good Yep,
4: I have trees behind me and you
0: have trees (laughs) behind you so it's all so it's all good okay I do have Yumi's pick for number eight so Yumi has offered up a movie from 2020 the leads are Kat Graham and Kendrick Sampson It's called Fashionably Yours. After years of working for a Seattle-based fashion magazine, organizing their collections, Lauren, who's Kat Graham, um, decides to move home because she's been passed by for a promotion in exchange for her organizing services. The owner of a moving company that she hires, Rob, who's Kendrick Sampson, makes it his mission to help her see the beauty of Seattle. Oh, I see what you did there, you made Seattle. Okay, okay, yes, Seattle yes. area, double-decker. <laughs> hmm 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 Absolutely. Uh, helps her see the beauty of Seattle because Lauren tells him how much she dislikes Seattle. <laughs> and Rob becomes her tour guide for two weeks leading up to her move and shows her there's a lot to love about Seattle and maybe even him. Antonio plays Brian in this, So Yumi, tell us about Antonio's storyline as Brian and why you picked this for number eight. I thought it was really interesting because
4: he's like the ex-boyfriend, right? He's the former love interest. Her mom's like, oh, Brian, you should, you know, and I thought he did a really nice job with it because he doesn't come across as like the person that you really think is going to ruin the A-line love story, but he's just like, again, wonderful and, warm in it and just seems like a wonderful former love interest or possible love interest, but not in a um Baxterish like the classic Baxter kind of way. And then yes, it's Seattle. And I thought they actually did a really nice job showing parts of Seattle. And um yeah, I just I actually I like I enjoy this movie. I I this movie is, you know, it's like, oh, it's very sweet. And so all of those things made me want it on the list
0: well said and yeah I'm trying to see you know if I can develop a um, Baxter draft yes it's just going to be hard to come up with an eligibility list because it's almost every freaking movie ever made in Hallmark so um, that's true but it might be a it might be a special you know episode where we just get panelists together and chat about well, our favorite Baxters, you know?
4: Well you could do like a Marcus Rosner list because he's been the Baxter for a lot.
0: <laughs> Marcus <laughs> a is lot. Marcus is on the list for um 2026, believe it or not. Yeah. I know all the shows are scheduled and it's really crazy. That's crazy. Anyway, that's, yeah. a, that's a great pick. She's got uh, Fashionably Yours that she's offered up as number eight. So Nicole, it's back to you for whether or not you wanna let it slide
3: or veto it. How do I you feel? I had this slightly higher at seven. Uh, this is the only Antonio movie I had not seen until after I met him. And I watched it and I immediately messaged him and I said, this girl is dumb. That if I, I was out with a guy and he made a napkin rose for me, hell with the mover, I'd be dumb. I'm with Brian. I also think the lead guy's voice is incredibly annoying. So that would be another reason that i am definitely wee with Brian. Um, Antonio told me he actually auditioned to be the lead in this. How much better would the movie be if Antonio was the lead? Oh yeah, for sure. Also, they mentioned the Brian's last name is Bowman. In Curious Cater, he plays Brad Bowman. So I have developed a whole movie series about the Bowman twins, Brian and Brad, and how they <laughs> move on with their lives after they're dumped by Lauren and Goldie. And I would- <laughs> that movie
0: made. Is that your next book
3: coming out? Forget the movie series. It Why didn't you? We- yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> that's the Twins and how they move on with their lives after these stupid girls dump. <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> hilarious. So I'm assuming you're not gonna pull a lady panda and veto this just to play it. (laughs) No, I won't. You're gonna gonna let it let it go. Okay. Jessica, that moves over to you. What do you think of fashionably
5: yours at number eight? I freaking hate it. I hate this move. I told you. I am vetoing with a capital V and I hate that I it so early. It took me three days to get through this movie because it was so bad. I had to keep turning it off and walking away and doing other things. And then, like my sons yesterday, when I was like at the last 10 minutes, my two sons kept kept coming in and interrupting me. And I'm like, you guys, I have to get through this horrible movie. And I can't because you keep interrupting me. And they're like, Oh, we're so sorry, mom. First of all, yes, the, the lead's voice, like leads-and and I'm one of the things that like just completely like objectifying the man that I'm going to do that I love best about Antonio is his voice. Like he just has just this gorgeous voice that I them that just captivates me and then that leaves just like oh just stop talking and he like is cardboard there's zero chemistry look I'm happy that Bonnie Bennett is getting work like good for her like that I don't I never remember the actress's name I knew Arabeth. like I'm good good job Bonnie you're getting work um but again with the bad wigs okay there's that side note um and and yeah like he's the obvious choice um, but when he, they, they sh- he shows up on screen, I'm like the first, my first bit of notes that I wrote about this movie was, oh no, he's the Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> no, Antonio is no man's Baxter. <laughs> wow. Okay. Also, it's, it's bad. Like their chemistry doesn't exist. It's like, I'm falling for you. Like, what are you falling for? Like it, it's a non-existent chemistry. It's like opposite side of magnets chemistry. Okay. That's all. Wow. Okay. So, um,
0: uh, Yumi, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. So, Anne. um, thank goodness she didn't, like, tear apart Seattle, because I was just I waiting for that to be part of it. Right? Right? Seattle's right? awesome. Right? Like, Seattle you miss, like-, like, almost the whole point of the freaking movie was to showcase Seattle?
4: <laughs> All, right. I know. All
0: right. Let me turn my mic back on, because I don't want to Okay.
4: Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Thanks All for right, that direct so, Yeah, then. so we're we're yeah. back on.
0: So um sorry, Yumi. Jessica has vetoed your <laughs> pick, fashionably yours at number eight. That just That's takes okay. it out of that position. It doesn't remove it from the game. <sighs> so if you want to DM me your uh I, next I in line, I see it. I right dread. Yes.
4: Well, now I'm thinking I'm so happy I have the number one pick. <laughs> passionately yours at number one don't, <laughs> don't,
2: don't pull an air bath cool. on me man you can't trust Jessica for anything with your
0: drafts. No. <laughs> so the nope. other beauty of this game is it's designed to crush people's dreams and <laughs> ruin so, it is. <laughs> that's just you know a side Benny uh, just, just a side Benny there. so yeah okay yeah. so Yumi has offered up a movie from 2018. It stars Kimberly Williams, Paisley, Tom Cavanaugh, and Wendy Malick. It's the number two episode, number two in the series of the Darrow and Darrow mystery series. It's the movie called In the Key of Murder. And it goes like this. So, um, and there are four movies in the, in the series overall. So this is the second one. Claire Darrow is a lawyer with her own law firm. She's also a single mom to her high school daughter. And she's an amateur sleuth solving murder mysteries. Her mom is Joanna Darrow. That's played by Wendy Malick, um, who's also a lawyer. And Tom Cavanaugh plays assistant DA Miles Strasberg, who is her friend. Antonio plays Chester Lyme. And in this movie, Claire and Miles are dating at a club where Miles's kid sister sings. His sister gets arrested for murdering the music producer that she just fired. And Claire takes the case and the detecting begins. So Yumi, tell us about Antonio's storyline as Chester in this movie and why you picked it for number eight, because Jessica evidently hates Seattle.
4: Yes. Well, then she's really not going to like Vancouver, BC either, because it's very similar. I am a sucker for horrible uh, mystery series. Like I will watch all of them, any of them. It doesn't matter. I just will do it. I think it's because I grew up watching Murder, She Wrote and things like that. So it's just like in my DNA for some reason. However, I do think this is, um, the first two of these series are pretty good. And I like this episode more because they gave Chester, Antonio Moore to do, right? He's not like this just neophyte lawyer who's kind of bumbling around asking for, asking for direction. Like he gets to be the tech guy, right? He solves a problem for them. And I just thought it was nice to have him included more. And um, you know, it's sort of like earlier on in the, in the hallmark realm for him. And so it's just kind of fun to see him. And I, I wish they had done more of those movies um and developed his character a bit more but yeah i just i thought it was i thought it was pretty good for
0: for a hallmark
4: movie mystery let's
0: just be very clear (laughs) exactly and who doesn't love you know murder she wrote oh my gosh i can still hear the theme music in my head and i would kill for that typewriter so i know it's all good bring bring on the hallmark mystery movies they're all wonderful in their own fabulous horrible way so that's (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) exactly So, Nicole, back to you, my dear. What do you think of this one? This is the second one in the series, In the Key of Murder. I had it at number six
3: on my list. I like it. I like his team building scene where he gets overly emotional about his father's disappointment in him. Uh, he was telling me that he was supposed to introduce himself in every scene, even though these people knew him. And if you listen, there's one scene they didn't cut it out. He just walks up and he goes, Chester Lyme, and then starts talking. He said there was one whole scene they filmed with him in front of a mirror where he just practices introducing himself. I would love to see that in the movie, but it didn't make the cut. So, And these are people that actually have a reason to investigate crime. They're not librarians or bakers, so that's a point in their favor, too. So I like this one. (laughs)
1: Can I just say, I'm loving all of Nicole's inside information. Isn't it great? <laughs> Isn't it great? Thank you, Nicole.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm now crossing Nicole off of the murder mystery draft. Yeah. <laughs> Half of them, 99% of them are not actually entitled to be solving mysteries.
3: <laughs> I mean, Get I'm back to your I'm baking people. <laughs> but I don't have a reason to
0: That's great, Jessica, my dear Uh Darrow Darrow, in the key of murder at number
5: eight. First of all, I want to I want to be very clear about the fact that I think Seattle is a lovely city, and I love Vancouver as well. So I just want that to be abundantly clear.
0: Yeah. Well you don't uh, have any yeah.
5: vetoes left. So you can do no, no, no. veto override. That, but yeah. I just wanted to make that known. Um yeah, no, this I I this was really close to where I had it. And um yeah, that description is just fine. And in this it, that bit where he's trying to do the team building stuff and there's like what four people in that office. That's yeah, that was it was sweet and that they get how they went along with it. Yeah. It, I liked this one a lot. I like it it where it is, it belongs where it is, yeah.
0: Great, so you go ahead and send me, Jessica, your pick for number seven. I'm gonna do a quick recap. We have A Taste of Summer at number 10, Matching Hearts at number nine, Darrow and Darrow uh, uh, film number two, which is In the Key of Murder at number eight. Um, Tracy, what do you think about the Darrow and Darrow series?
1: Okay, sorry, I had to unmute.
0: Wow, I, I,
1: I really like the Darrow and Darrow movie series. I I think I watched one of them a long time ago and kind of forgot about him. Didn't, and Antonio wasn't even on my radar back then. And so I remember going back to rewatch and I was like, oh, Antonio's these, And I just love his, I love Chester. I think he is kind of like a stumbling, but shy. And um, uh, like, like, he's trying to work up the nerve to ask ask the other well i know that's in the other but anyway i don't want to in case of anybody else to we'll talk about that movie later but um i just love his character i love chester he's just like he reminds me of some of my um this is gonna sound weird but some of like my middle school kids who are just like i don't know miss perry should i go talk to this girl Should i go talk to this boy i don't know i just i found it super cute i really like him in these movies and i love tom cavanaugh and i love kimberly williams william Baisley, and wendy malik and i mean I don't know
0: how great cast you can't beat the cast so that's yeah. great um awesome all right so we've got uh the first 10 9 and 8 locked in it's going to be uh Jessica's turn to send me her pick for number seven um Erin Beth I know you're a big mystery fan just like me what do you think of the series um it is that it's actually one of my favorites um I've rewatched them several times
2: And I do remember seeing Antonio, he wasn't like on my radar like he is now, but I remember thinking in my head that he was, he was too, he was like too cute to be in that awkward Chester kind of, you know, role that they put him in. And so I just remember thinking he's a cutie. She won't friend zone him. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I, and I like it. And I mean, the cast is such high caliber. I mean, I, you know. I think COVID may have sidelined that one because I do believe there was supposed to be more, but we lost, they, yeah. it canceled. I think that they lost out on that one, but it's a good series.
0: Well, Jessica has sent a little more um Darrow and Darrow Love our way for you guys to decide on. I just have her offering for position number seven, it's Darrow and Darrow, and it's actually the um, pilot episode, which was in 2017. So it's the, it's the first in the series of four. So um, this is when uh, there's a really close friend is convicted of stealing from an expensive jewelry store, and it's up to uh, Claire, who's Kimberly Williams-Paisley, to bring justice. That's basically the plot in one sentence or less. So, Jessica, tell us about your reasoning for picking this for number seven.
5: Um, it as pilots go, man. Like, it's a like you're done with this, and you're like, okay, let me wa- let's watch the next one. And um, and um, Yumi, this is the one that you and I like video chatted together, at, right? Yeah. Group chat yeah. watching this. That was fun. Yeah. Um. And I okay, first of all, the man rocks the bow tie. Let's just let's just yeah. sell that one out right now. Um, his he's he's so sweet. He 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 does the like lovelorn boy really well. And then he's like trying to kind of get over being intimidated by the other guy in the office. And um, you know, that that story he he, he makes that B storyline like a strong story, And not just like, oh cute little background office, blah 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 blah. Like he, he makes he makes it illegitimate, like part of the story. And then the mystery is interesting. And and I love what Nicole says about she has legitimate reason to actually solve this crime. Um, <laughs> and the cast, my God, I mean, you can put Wendy Malick and I love her enough to watch even like really bad movies. This is not a really bad movie, but she's fantastic in everything she's in. Yeah. She's so good. She's just mm-hmm. so, so good.
0: Okay, Yumi, you are next up in the veto order. What do you think of this one? I had this just one
4: higher than the than the one I put in, so I'm totally That's happy with it in this spot.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Awesome. Okay, that brings us back to you, Nicole. Is it going to stay at number seven? The pilot episode of Darrow and
3: Darrow. I had it at ten. I'm fine with it at seven. I think it's really cute that every time he goes to ask her out, and said he asked for a pen. Like, how many pens <laughs> do we have That's so long? I think it's cute that the older man in the office kind of fixes them up. Uh, the scene where they're talking about the obscure laws reminds me. Years ago, I worked in a law firm, and the one lawyer had on his desk a bag of peanuts because it said on it may contain peanuts, and he would always say, "You know, it's my kind that caused this to happen. Some stupid person's going to sue someone, and someone like me is going to represent them." So. The scene where they talk about the obscure laws makes me think of when I worked at the law firm and that bag of peanuts and it makes me laugh.
0: That's hilarious. (laughs) That's so funny. All right. Well, Darrow and Darrow, the pilot episode from 2017 is locked in at number seven. Uh, Nicole, you can go ahead and DM me your pick for number six. Um, You guys can mark your calendars for September of 2025 for the uh murder mystery pilot draft. It's going to be all the murder mysteries, just the pilot episodes that we'll be drafting. Oh, um, yeah, don't make any plans two and a half years from now. So there you have <laughs> it. <laughs> I know you think I'm kidding,
4: but I'm really not. I wrote it down. It's on my list. It's on my it G- Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. All right. So I have. Nicole's pick for uh, number six. She has offered up a movie from 2017. It stars Jen Lilly and Brendan Penny. I don't think he wears glasses in this one. Sorry, people. Um, It's called A Dash of Love. And the storyline is an aspiring chef Nikki Turner, played by Jen, lands a dream job at her idols restaurant and befriends the handsome executive chef Paul, played by Brendan Penny. Her excitement is short-lived when she discovers that her rock star chef boss, played by Perry Gilpin, is stealing her recipes. She fires them both to protect her secret, and Nikki and Paul partner together to open up their own place to prove their food is better. Antonio plays Jared so tell us about Antonio's storyline as Jared in this movie and why you pick it for number six why you like it
3: first of all I want to try some of the food she makes like the ice cream cone chicken sounds delicious I want some I've considered trying to make it myself but it probably won't turn out very good Uh, his chemistry with Brendan Penny like you can tell their friends and just the way they talk, I love the first scene there together playing basketball. Uh, Brendan Penny's character is giving him advice. And then suddenly, like a week later, Antonio's character is suddenly now the expert because he's known this girl for a week, that he's then giving Brendan Penny advice. <laughs> and he says, like, Brendan Penny's so worked up. And Antonio's character says, I know you told me three times. And I want to apologize to my friend Laura. Who I'm always saying things to her whenever I'm upset with someone, and she has probably thought in her head many times. I know you've told me three times. So Laura, I'm sorry this whole scene made me think of us. <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. Okay, um, Jessica, what do you think of Dash of Love for number six?
5: Yeah, I just you have don't it. have any vetoes, but no, so, what are your thoughts. But I really did have it just as one above there here. So yeah, and uh, yeah, he's him his uh his their their friendship is great your your head's not in the game man like oh yeah that was good like the basketball scenes are so great and um and yeah the way he looks again the way he looks at the girl um yeah it's a great it's a it's a sweet I, i'd watch it again for sure um and that's one of my kind of one of my parts of my, my ratings list is would i watch it again or how willing am i to watch it again um so yeah it's good i like it he's a good bestie
0: so Yumi, that leaves it up to you for Dash of Love for number six. Jessica is not vetoing it because she doesn't have a veto and also because <laughs> I don't think it takes place in Seattle. So yeah. she's fine with that. I, it's, not <laughs> think. It's,
4: it's, an, it's an okay movie. Like I think it's fine. Um I I am pretty I well, I'm happy that he gets to play basketball. That was really that was great. I was like, did they write that for him? Like they go. Oh, what kind of activity do you guys want to do? Oh, you like basketball? Let's just do basketball, um, which I thought was great. But I'm not sure if he's wearing actual basketball shoes in the scene. I was looking at his, I was looking at his shoes. I'm like, I'm not sure those are basketball shoes. Anyway,
1: that's beside the point.
4: Um, it's I, very Brian Harold of you. Very yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me pause, take a screenshot, and figure out if those are
0: basketball. Shoes. Um,
4: uh, no, I, it. I'm, I'm happy with, I'm, I'm okay with it there just because he, again, he's always great, right? He's got good rapport with everybody's in these movies with, and so I just think it's wonderful. So yeah, we'll leave it there.
0: Good job. Okay. So Nicole's pick a dash of love is locked in at number six. Are you guys okay? Do you want to keep going? Or do you want to take a little break? How are you doing? Thumbs up? Good. Thumbs up. All right. Let's, let's do it. So number five will bring us to Yumi to send me her pick for number, for number five. And so as she's doing that, we've got, um, Tracy, what are you thinking? I saw your, I saw you kind of smile when Dash of Love came up. What do you think of this movie? Um,
1: I, I really like this movie. I mean, it was, it was, it's not in my top, top five. I think I have it at. I think I had it at eight. I know it's in my list. Um, I like this movie. I like Antonio in this movie. I really like Brendan Penny in this movie too. So, um, and it's like Jessica said, I it's it's one that I would watch again. And I have watched again. It's one I actually own that on my like like I bought it on Amazon Prime, so I could watch it again. So it's just one that I do like. So I was, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm good. I'm good with you guys putting this one on here. I have no problems with that one. So. I'm a sucker for restaurant movies too, like chef mm-hmm. movies and mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, which also makes me go, huh, Antonio did a few of you know those too. I was like, coincidence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but I just, I like this movie.
0: You can mark your like, uh, calendars again, because there's a restaurant uh, theme <laughs> draft. <laughs> of, um, and that one's actually in 2023. So you don't have to wait that, I'm 2024, excuse me. You don't have to wait oh, okay. that long. Yeah, yeah, it was a Yay. suggested topic from um, Double Decker Jackie. So that's a good
3: one. Nice. Yeah, it's a good
0: one. It's it's a really good one. Okay, so we have uh, the number five offering from Yumi, and it is a movie from 2021. It stars Fiona Gubelman as Hazel, Antonio stars as Jared. It is The Vows We Keep. This premiered on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries channel. Hazel is played by Fiona. She's an event planner. Her sister Lindsay is getting married and they want the event to be at Rosewood Inn. It turns out that the owner of the inn, Simone played by Linda Thorson, has decided to sell the place. So Hazel manages to push the wedding forward in time to have the wedding there before the inn is sold. And in return, she has to plan all of the events at the inn, help me, before the sale. It's through that lens that she gets to know Jared, who's played by Antonio, and he's there to help Simone with the sale. Actors Linda Thorson and Michelle Scarabell as estranged sisters are really at the heart of this movie, which puts childhood memories and family reconciliation at the forefront, along with the blossoming romance between Hazel and Jared. So, why so this, this is, movie?
4: Yeah, this is. Sound, sound like Dan? I I really don't like this movie. <laughs> however he gets to be the lead right and so we get more of him and he's he I think he does a fine job I just wish this was a much better movie right because it is like wedding planning selling a property a lot of heavy loss themes like it's it's not a this is not a happy movie right but I was like well uh you know, but he's in the movie more and it's nice to see him have a lead role. And I liked that about it. And that's basically what I liked about it. Everything else in this movie, I was like, Oh, it's all my least, some of my least favorite things, but the scenery is beautiful. Right. Um, yeah, I have really no good defense of it other than him. That's it. That's the defense of this movie is like, he's, he's charming as usual. So.
0: That's a good, that is a good defense. There is, there's a lot of <laughs> wait, what's. Oh, and, this movie. <laughs> and those are counterbalanced by grab the Kleenex. This is what is happening to this family, this relationship. What's, what's going on here. So, um, but it's great to see Antonio at the, at the forefront. So Nicole, what do you think of the vows we keep
3: at number five? I actually had this at number two, simply because we get so much Antonio. it does have a heavy storyline uh things i like about like you said the scenery is just gorgeous um it has an interfaith wedding which at the time this movie was made not many did uh it has a cute childhood picture of antonio which i like uh he did tell me that the original script did not have very much of a relationship with him and fiona gubleman even though it ended with a kiss so him Fiona and the director kind of mixed things up a little bit to make it a little more flirty between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And especially the scene where they're working in the rose garden, he gets kind of steamy with her at the one point. So I think they did a good job of showing build up to a relationship which wasn't written into the script for them. So I'll let it stay there, but I think he should, this should be a little bit higher.
0: Well, you have a veto you can i know but
3: i'm saving that for one particular movie i will not let be on this list (laughs) okay
0: Okay. as always it's just gonna be a bloodbath from three to one so all right so nicole is uh letting it slide jessica you don't have a veto but do you have any quick thoughts on (laughs) on the vows we keep
5: (laughs) you rub that in every time you have no vetoes what do you say (laughs)
0: <laughs>
5: like, oh God, i say it, it for the <laughs> listeners more for,
0: for you but i do enjoy saying it to you I like <laughs> fair 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 totally understand
5: um uh i had it a little higher but honestly i agree with everything yumi said and and then i'll add like i have you know chemistry I, like smolder and chemistry are two different parts of my of my little rating system like a smolder is like for days right but the chemistry the chemistry that's there is a hundred percent him carrying it she gives nothing, and um and yeah, I mean yeah, all the things. I'm so, I guess I'm so tired of wedding planning movies. I'm so tired of we we got to get all this done before we sell the thing. We're not gonna sell it, movies, and and just <laughs> tired of it. And it sucks because like exactly what you mean saying, like yeah, we get one more easy lead, but it's a really bland movie, so. But I had it higher because you got to see him more and because his smolder was like a 12 out of 10, so. All right.
0: Well, The Vows We Keep is locked in at number five. While I wait for Nicole to um, send me her number four pick, let me do a recap. We've got A Taste of Summer at number 10, Matching Hearts at nine, Darrow and Darrow's uh, second uh, film in the series, In the Key of Murder at um, number eight. At number seven is The Darrow and Darrow Pilot, At number six is Dash of Love. And just now we locked in The Vows We Keep at number five. Nicole is going to send me her pick for number four. And while I am doing that, um, Erin Beth, what do you think of The Vows We Keep?
2: Number 10 on my list, just because I felt like it needed to be on there. You know, it's like, a move, you know, it's the movie he's a lead in. I think he did carry it a lot. There were way too many storylines and I feel like he did a fantastic job. He, he scored very high on my scoring list. So it needed to be here. It actually got moved up into that spot out of line of what it scored originally.
0: <laughs> right, right. So I have Nicole's pick number four i feel like i say this movie in every freaking draft i'm not kidding i cannot watch this movie one more time (laughs) as much as i love it (laughs) as much as i love this movie it is it's it's at least mentioned if not making the list almost every single draft so nicole has chosen a movie from 2016 it stars andrew walker taylor cole marcus rosner say it with me now Appetite for love. For love. <laughs> Corporate executive um, Mina Jones, played by Taylor, is sent to her hometown to rebrand a restaurant as part of a strategic acquisition. She hasn't been back in years, and the owner is now her high school sweetheart, Clay Hart, played by Andrew Walker. Marcus Rosner plays Reed, Mina's current boyfriend. Antonio plays Lucian. Okay. So he's like the, the sous chef, the chef at the restaurant. So tell us about Antonio's storyline as Lucian in this movie and why you picked it for number four. Nicole.
3: Well, I like this because it's both Antonio and Taylor's very first movie with Homework, So I thought that needed to be on the list simply for that. Marcus Roser is the best terrible boyfriend in the world. I, <laughs> I'm telling you now, you don't need to do your draft. He's number one. So that one's over. Marcus Rosra wins. Um Nicole, I
0: actually don't have a terrible boyfriend draft. I'm putting that for 2027.
3: <laughs> January 2027. Um, I like Antonio's character in this. If you've ever met him, which most of us have. You actually see a little bit of Antonio in this, the funny voices and the accents when he's describing the food. I would say of all of his Hallmark characters, this one is the most Antonio. Really? So that's why I like this one, yes.
0: Awesome, awesome. Okay, so Nicole has chosen at number four, Appetite for Love. Jessica what are your thoughts on this movie because you have no <laughs> I said it quickly
5: how's that does that sound better <laughs> yeah I, he uh I dig that his character is kind of its own its own person it's not a like uh you know be love line or like um you know the buddy of the guy and I feel like he gets relegated to that a lot especially like during the you know bill abbott years is kind of like token non-white guy and it's like like he's so much more than that and so i dig that he is um more of a character in this and the how like the 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 stuff he does to kind of resist taylor and like you know like he he he, he gives of himself in this i had had this a bit lower but um i think it's because i was rating it uh, that and taylor at the same time and i was kind of and 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 so i i think that's more on me but um your uh your argument nicole reminded me um kind of refresh my memory of his role in this movie and and it is it is a really like good role to watch
0: awesome awesome you me what do you think
4: i Appetite have the, for love at number four yeah, I have the number four right oh. <laughs> do you really yeah no number four because when he said trick people into eating bad food i laughed i was like yep that's totally (laughs) it was great i just i thought he was great in this movie um i also had forgotten how like faux villain taylor cole is in this movie right like she's like she's like really mean (laughs) for her right um no i i like this movie and i think um, I like how all of his roles seem to be like, oh, he plays basketball in this one. He's a cook in this one and a lot of restaurant stuff. So it's like ties in with his real life nicely, I think.
0: All right. So Appetite for Love is locked in at number four. Here's where all the happy faces start to change on the screen because we're going to number three now. <laughs> and number three will be teed up by Jessica. Jessica. And while she's teeing it up, Tracy, what do you think of Appetite for Love at number four?
1: Okay, I think I've only seen this movie one time. It wasn't—it didn't make my top, top ten, because I didn't rewatch it for this. I got a little bit behind. And then I just forgot. You guys all said these things, and I was all, oh, I really need to rewatch this. <laughs> I think this should have been in my top ten. Which, by the way, you guys, sitting in the lobby here, because you're talking about Taylor Cole, I'm trying not to react but walked by, Victor Webster walked by, Taylor Cole walked by, Jonathan Bennett all walked by, and I'm all, don't react, don't react. But, uh, <laughs> hi, Taylor. I was like, hi. But she she just walked walked by me to go back to her booth. Anyway. It, Is she a blonde or a brunette today? Brunettes. She's brunettes. <laughs> But um, okay. brunette. But going back to Appetite for Love, I I need to go back and rewatch this because I think after you guys talked about it, I'm all, oh my gosh, things were coming back to me. And I'm like, oh, I really should have had this higher on my list, shame on me, shame on me. You know, I'm so, surprised all because you've
0: drafted, you've probably drafted like two or three times at this point. I think maybe yeah. two or three. I'm surprised, yeah, you're right. None of the drafts that you've been on was this on the eligibility list, so. Lucky yeah, I, so I didn't have to rewatch this. So you have I'm to like, oh, it. no,
1: exactly. it's, it's definitely on my list to rewatch because I was like, oh wait, this is the most Antonio.
2: Okay, I really got to go back and watch. So thank you all for it's good helping me realize I got to go back and watch this. Well, you know, good. Tracy, that Lynn and I could act it out for you. We probably have it memorized at this point.
0: <laughs> probably, yeah. I could do an interpretive dance right. with my ribbon wand of all the key scenes. <laughs> Of appetite for because you don't
4: have the eating run contest like mapped out in your house, right? Like <laughs> for my next snack, right? Oh my right. Gosh. <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, we, we, need love, that a, we need that. A, we love you, Andrew bus- Walker, bus- Taylor Cole, Marcus, yes. Rosner, <laughs> <and> Antonio. <laughs> this, this movie is like I can recite every word. <laughs> okay, for
5: so. the restaurant draft, oh, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I have Jessica's pick for number 3. Here we go people buckle up. Jessica has chosen a movie from 2020. It stars Rukia Bernard, Holly Robinson, Pete, and and Antonio. It's Christmas in Evergreen. Bells are ringing. This is the fourth movie in the Christmas in Evergreen series. There are several storylines happening all at once in this, but overall at the center are Hannah Tucker, played by Rukia, uh, launching uh, the new Evergreen Museum, I think it is, and questioning her sort of her own future. And if her fiance, Elliot, who is played by Antonio, um, is really Mr. Wright. So, it's an all-star mm-hmm. cast with many of the series characters making appearances, like Barbara Niven's and Ashley Williams. Um, the cast really showcases Hallmark's um, starting to be more intentional about making films that have more diversity in terms of their actors that are that are in roles in leading roles, not just background roles. Um, so that's basically bells are ringing. It's it's really featuring um, Hannah Tucker and and Elliot so why this one at number three christmas and evergreen bells are ringing
5: okay we were promised that it was a movie that was going to feature them as a couple and then we were shown a different movie than what the commercials advertised um and that irritated me um the whole (laughs) weird like obviously the actor who plays the actor who played thomas i don't know if he had covid or what but the whole like we're planning a wedding oh no we're not gonna have a wedding we're just gonna show up on zoom i'm like are they gonna do a zoom like by proxy wedding and then antonio will be the by proxy guy like no no we're just gonna have a little scene where they read their vows to each other okay um i love the kid like watching him grow up throughout the movies was was charming to see um you don't you don't often get to see the what happens after the happily ever after, so you know that's always intriguing to see like what happens in their relationship and how are they working it out. I think the breakup was unnecessary, but we did get a lot of cute scenes between the two of them, like with the snow fights, and you know that you can see like they have they have really good chemistry, and um, and you see it you see it at play there, um, and so they are what like the good of this movie is the two of them like the, the hat guy I totally want like a biopic of those actresses who play the twins like what is their story um and <laughs> um, but yeah it they're the only they are the single like charm of this movie and you know they're both super charming so it it bears you know a spotlight
0: wow wow Okay, Nicole, you're first up in the veto order. What do you think of Christmas and Evergreen? Bells are ringing at number three.
3: I had this as my number one, but again, I'm saving my veto because I'm afraid something else is going to make the list. Um, (laughs) Wait, you're not gonna use a veto to get this to your number one? No, because there's one that will not make the list. Over (laughs) my dead body, will it make the list? (laughs) But um, I'm just gonna say that sounds familiar. (laughs) I cannot wait to hear, <laughs> to, to not wait well, to hear see. this.
4: I know.
0: I'm, I'm, afraid, gonna,
4: I'm afraid it's going to be me when I put my face in front
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jessica I'm mentioned afraid. the snowball scenes. The first snowball scene where they talk about when they first met, I think that's sweet, romantic, they're throwing snowballs and they make snow angels. They're breakup scene you can feel the heartbreak but then the snowball scene after they've broken up and and they kind of grab onto each other why is that snow not melted holy heck that's a steamy scene so um yeah we'll leave it there it should be number one but we'll leave it there
0: all right as long as you can sleep at night that this is going to yeah. this may stay at number three we 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 will what will you me do Yumi? me what do you think about this at number what at all? number 3 i man i just wish this had been a better movie
4: right like oh again um i love having him have a bigger role and there's some great things about it but man i just do, i don't like this movie very much but um so i will leave it at 3 because i i'm now convinced that the movie i'm going to put in is the one nicole wants out so i'm like <laughs> I'm kind of hoping <laughs> you have two vetoes. Can- I know I'm, but I'm like, I'm, but this is right. Kind of where I had it, right. It's really That's close where to where it? I had it. So it's yeah. I'm not unhappy about it there.
0: Okay. So Christmas and evergreen bells are ringing is locked in at number three. I'm going to do a quick recap while Nicole sends me her choice for number two. This will be her, this will be her last pick. Jessica played her last pick with um, "with Bells Are Ringing. So at number 10, we have A Taste of Summer. Nine is Matching Hearts. Eight is Darrow and Darrow. It's the second film in The Key of Murder. Seven is the Darrow and Darrow pilot episode from 2017. At six, we have Dash of Love. At five, we have The Vows We Keep. At four is Appetite for Love. At three is Christmas and Evergreen Bells Are Ringing. And at number two, Nicole is offering up a movie from 2022. It stars Nikki Deloche and Andrew Walker. It's from the uh, mystery series, Dying for Chocolate. It's Dying for Chocolate, A Curious Caterer. This is the first movie in the mystery series, Colorado Caterer and single mom, Goldie Berry, dreams with detective Tom Schultz, played by Andrew Walker, to identify the ingredients that led to the mysterious death of her friend and ends up discovering a hidden recipe for murder. Antonio plays Brad Bowman. So. Nicole, tell us why this is your number two for
3: the other Bowman twin. So, um, Soon to be featured in your next book. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, Antonio, don't listen to this part. Before <laughs> this movie, I always thought of him as the guy that works at Darrow and Darrow. Didn't matter what he was in. He was the guy that works at Darrell Darrow. Uh This movie, I thought, holy heck, that guy's good looking. What's his name again? So... <laughs> Okay, now Antonio can listen again. Um, (laughs) I like this movie. I really think Homework dropped the ball. Uh, Andrew Walker, I like him, but he plays the same character in every movie. He's the guy who wants to tear down the woman's house, farm, street, whatever. He's a nice guy. His dad's making him do it every freaking movie. This movie, he's a different character. He's kind of grouchy. He's a slob. And he shows jealousy with Brad and Goldie out to dinner. I think they should have continued this. It could have been a great love triangle. Not just that we'd see more Antonio, which everyone wants, but to give Andrew's character more to like a foil, someone that he's challenged by, not just he easily gets the girl, even though he's tearing down her treehouse. So uh, Antonio's a nice dresser. He's rich. He should be in all of them. This should be a love triangle. That's my only complaint.
0: Wow. So I am so looking forward to Bramble Fest when I play that clip to Mrs. Walker.
3: <laughs> I would tell Andrew himself. So. I love him. I do. I still have time
1: him. to go to his booth.
3: <laughs> oh, Oh, the very I next one watch it, but I know I what's will. going to happen. So, <laughs> that
0: is a perfect, perfect uh analysis there. Uh, Nicole, that is great. Nicole has offered up dying for chocolate, a curious caterer at number two. Jessica, what are your thoughts? Because you have novitas, what are your thoughts?
5: <laughs> uh, I have this at like number 12, so yeah. I just kind of found it to be kind of forgettable. Um, except Antonio was uh, a little spooky in one scene, which is kind of cool. He's like, "I handled it." I was like, "Ooh, scary!" But um, otherwise, meh. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> Yumi, how about you? You have two vetoes. This is number two. What do you? How are I, you feeling?
4: I'm, I'm going to use one
0: of my vetoes. I will. All right. See. Yep. Yep. A curious caterer from Dying for Chocolate is crossed off yumi has used one of her two vetoes so nicole you need to uh send me a new pick uh do you want to declare why you vetoed this or would you like to hold that thought i'm gonna hold the thought okay you hold that thought um i know tracy (laughs) tracy's faces crack me up tracy um tracy i guess you have to hold that thought Two, let's see what Nicole comes up with. Nicole has actually sent me her pick for it to replace this. It is one of the Darrow and Darrow movies. It is the third one in the series. This is, um, yes, this is Body of Evidence from 2019. And in this one, um, in this movie, Claire and Miles, so that's Kimberly Williams Paisley and Tom Cavanaugh, believe a convicted murderer is innocent, as they often do, um, <laughs> and, a, and a year after she has uh, been sent to prison, they start reinvestigating the case of the person who was sent to to prison, so... Nicole, why did you um, choose this one? Even though you wanted dying for chocolate, why did you choose this one for your number two?
3: Because of what's left, there's only one other one that deserves to be number one. So we went to the least bad of what I had left. I like the scene where he wants to argue for car car-free lanes, but then ends up arguing against them because that argument was better. It's such a stupid Chester move. So this will be my number two, I guess. (laughs) okay
0: so darrow and darrow and darrow um body of evidence at number two nicole do you have um not nicole, sorry jessica do you have thoughts you <laughs> want to share on that one is the number two
5: uh, on this list first of all i love the mystery in this one it was a really cool story um i didn't i didn't care for the fact that they like at least the the first scene with him and wendy malik it totally looked like they were they were relegating antonio to be the foil to her droll humor and it's like that was you know that first scene with the two of them i was like oh brother we can't have this be like a setup and now she tells her little joke like for the rest of the movie and they didn't really do that and then yeah he he he, he chestered it out and that was like that was fantastic and and you know by this movie i love that like we have the clear idea of who Chester is as a character and in that this this kind of like does that little like cherry on the ice cream sundae of like who this guy is so
0: i love that um you made Chester into a verb so that's good he (laughs) chestered it out i i will try to use that um in my next (laughs) meeting thank you very much you me um have you Chestered it out? Is this going to stay at number two, or are you going to use your, your My last veto on this? <laughs> uh, no,
4: I like I like Chesterline, right? I like these stories. I wish, um, I wish they had continued because I think they would have given him, I uh, hopefully given him more to do. And so, yeah, I just liked his character in it. Um, Some of it was a little inconsistent because you can tell when they, they like redid, like, especially the last one, I'm not right. They just like reintroduced everybody. And I was like, but we've already watched three. I don't, I don't need to be, Um, but yeah, no, I like it. It's, it's honestly, he's great, which if this is a Antonio Kayone list, he's great. So I'm happy with that.
0: Good, it is an Antonio Keone list, yeah. so that is awesome. Yeah. So that brings us to the last pick, which is Yumi's for number one. I'm oh. gonna do a quick recap. We have A Taste of Summer at number 10. At nine is Matching Hearts. At eight is Darrow and Darrow number two in The Key of Love. At seven is Darrow and Darrow number one, the pilot episode from 2017. At six is A Dash of Love. At five, The Vows We Keep. At four is Appetite for Love. At three is um, Christmas in Evergreen, Bells Are Ringing. At number two is Darrow and Darrow. Number three, Body of Evidence. And being being offered up at number one by Yumi is... (laughs) movie is a movie that we have already heard. It is <laughs> dying for chocolate, a <laughs> curious caterer, which was played at number two. <laughs> and Yumi has pulled a lady panda because she feels strongly, I'm sure, that this needs to be at number one. <laughs> so dying for chocolate. Uh, Just a quick reminder, it's 2022, Nikki Deloge, Andrew Walker, Antonio Plays, Brad Bowman, um, and it's the first movie in the the Dying for Chocolate uh, mystery series. Okay, Yumi, tell us why this had to be number one instead of number two. I, again, am a sucker for the Hallmark
4: movies and mysteries. And the fact that there's a brief moment in time when they think he might be a bad guy I think is great, right? He always gets to play the really nice. Everyone loves him. Everyone trusts him. Person, and I thought it was really nice little twist to make him like potentially uh, a murder suspect. Um, and I liked that uh, Nikki DeLoach's character asked him out to dinner right i like that it wasn't it was i i agree with nicole like everything nicole said i agreed with and i just wish that they had kept him in there as the third person in a triangle and maybe someday they will because i think it makes it more interesting that storyline uh as a continuing series um i just i felt really strongly that because this was a different role for him and a murder mystery and all of it like a a a much more grown-up sort of murder mystery i just thought this is the you know, we want to kind of push him forward into different things and being in more movies. And um, yeah, and some of the other movies, I just can't stomach. So I was like,
0: okay, I, this
4: is my, I like this one the best. So that's my reasoning.
0: Well said for justifying that this is going to be uh, number one, unless Nicole, you're first up in the veto order. You still have a veto. I won't are veto you it, do? Can
3: I go back and veto my number what? two. <laughs> I've changed my mind on my number two now. No, I will still. <laughs> I like the Bowman twins, <laughs> so we will leave this at number one. Ah! I didn't think that's what she was going to choose, or I would have chose a different number two. But we'll go with it. Yeah. We will go
0: with it. Famous last words. Are you sure? Last chance. I feel like an auctioneer. Going once, going twice, going forth. Okay. Well, congratulations, everybody.
5: You have completed the list. There is a very obvious number one that's supposed to be on this list. Boo. Boo, 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 boo. (laughs) Both of you, boo. I mean, I love you, but boo. What do you think? What What do do you think it is? number one the the other evergreen evergreen tidings of joy when they like when he when the two of them first get together there's like, like chemistry just like i would have
1: played off the too TV. That
5: when they when they kiss for the
0: first time she's like i gotta go and he goes now before i read the top 10 list again <laughs> as promised we have a very special guest joining us i think antonio is here Yay! <laughs> hey everybody hello, hello hey. Today, they did such a good job i'm gonna read the top 10 list again before we officially oh, yeah. welcome you and get your thoughts sure. because Did a great job <laughs> it was um jessica you're leaving the game with a veto override for your next match nicole you were drafter B. You had more picks than anybody else, and you didn't use a, you didn't use your one veto. So, the next time you play, you'll be coming in with a veto in your pocket. Um, and Yumi, you were drafter you were drafter A. You had two vetoes. You got real slide towards the end. It's always a battle in the last three, where you were very passionate about. No, I cannot accept this movie at number two. It has to be number one. So you yeah. have one, you have one veto left. You have the bonus veto left. So, here's the official ten best definitive list of Antonio Caion hallmark movies as drafted by Jessica, Nicole, and Yumi. Here we go with Antonio sitting in, ready to react. At number ten, A Taste of Summer. At nine, Matching Hearts. At eight, Darrow and Darrow, it's the number two movie in the series, In the Key of Murder. At seven, Darrow and Darrow, the pilot episode from 2017. At six, Dash of Love. At five, The Vows We Keep. At four, Appetite for Love. At three, Christmas in Evergreen, Bells Are Ringing. At two, Darrow and Darrow number three, Body of Evidence. And the number one movie uh, in the and uh, the Antonio Cayone Hallmark movie drafts edition is Dying for Chocolate, a Curious Caterer. Well, <laughs> to, I love the look on Antonio's <laughs> 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 Antonio, spies. what do you think <laughs> of this list? What's your reaction?
6: That's wild. I mean, l- listening to it, I so, so, some of them I was like, "Which one was that again?" Um, because sometimes t- <laughs> titles titles change from what you see on the script. I was surprised that Curious Caterer was number one. That's wild.
0: Well, yeah. um, Nicole played it at number two, and yeah. uh, Yumi, whom you've met in your restaurants, yeah, Yumi just wanted. She said, "Over my dead body!" It's number two. It's-
6: Bump it up, nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do I you have it. a favorite? Do you have a favorite of the ones that you've done?
6: Yeah, yeah, but I think my my favorites are for different reasons. They're not always for from a watching point of view. Um, yeah. uh, oh my gosh, uh, a dash of love was my first, wow. and I think it's it's still probably my favorite like on set experience. Uh, it, it was the first time I was in this this like this crazy world. Uh, and I, I was pretty lucky, you know. I was sitting next to Taylor and Andrew and Marcus, and between the three of them, like getting ushered into the world, watching them operate was really exciting. Also, because my character was like on the outskirts, I really had license to to just kind of be myself. And it's one of the movies that I think like like I still remember. Towards the end of the movie, there's this bit where I have to explain a salad to Taylor, and like nothing could be closer to who I am than how, than how I decide to explain it. The other, one of the other places that that a, a very real version of me shows up is in a taste of summer. Um, when I reveal that I brought home pizza and I do this like little pizza dance, which is again, it's like, it's very much in my personality to, to do that. Um, and then what's another favorite? Uh, th- this doesn't actually fall into uh, what is the name of the movie? Uh, a favorite necessarily, but uh I've gotten to work with with Brendan twice, uh, both on Chesapeake and, 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 and what's the name of the movie again? Dash of, um, loves, Dash
1: of
3: the Love. The other one's Appetite
6: for Love. Oh, the other one's Appetite for Love. See, this is why it gets confusing. Appetite <laughs> for Love is the first one. Dash of Love is the one with Brendan Penny. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that on-set experience also. That was a, a super fun one also because we got to play basketball in our like matching basketball outfits and to me nothing could be funnier. Like, I laugh about it to this day.
0: <laughs> Yumi was questioning whether you were actually wearing basketball shoes or not. Can you reveal the answer to that?
6: Um, we were not wearing basketball shoes that you would actually pay basketball in. Like, they were not nice shoes. Um, <laughs> but we were wearing something like like runners in, gym, in gym-ish. in <laughs> we, we certainly weren't rocking, like, Nike Air Force Ones or anything like that. It, it was... Nothing nothing about what we were wearing screamed, these two have ever played basketball before.
0: (laughs) It's okay. Do you guys have any um, questions or thoughts you want to share with Antonio? I'd like to say that I
2: actually wrote down in my notes for Appetite for Love, super veggie explosion, which is how you eat salad (laughs) and because it made me laugh so much
6: yeah <laughs> like that is so exactly
2: funny. how to describe a salad <laughs> yeah
6: that's yeah it. Uh, and it, it is it is very me like uh, I remember reading it and sort of asking um I think the director was David if I was allowed to kind of like make fun of the moment he was like yeah let's go <laughs> why not so it may, it just makes it more fun
0: Yumi um sent me photos that I'm going to post on the Instagram of the food from your restaurants yeah that just looked amazing absolutely okay. amazing how much input do you have to creating in creating those menus
6: zero that's not true <laughs> 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 I I do I do a lot of the eating I don't do a lot of the cooking I don't do any of the cooking um so the restaurant group we're pretty lucky like one of our three partners is a chef that's Sean Reeve And he's a genius. Like he's, he's truly pretty spectacular at what he does. Um, In the time since we opened the first one, like we've, we've been doing this for like eight years now. We, each restaurant has its own chef de cuisine. And Mm -hmm. so oftentimes they'll put up dishes and Sean, he might've done the first draft with them or even the second draft, but um, we will always sit down and eat it and sort of give our feedback. And we all have very different perspectives. And so my, my perspective does get taken into account um, because my perspective has a lot to do with the guest experience. Um, how does it eat? How does it present itself? What are people going to think? How does it compete with something else on the menu? All, all those like all those sort of factors. Um, and then every so often I come up with this really genius, cool idea and I pitch it and everyone declines it and they say, no, we're not <laughs> going to make that. So <laughs> I don't have a lot of input that way.
0: Do you cook at home? You, yeah. who's, who, who takes the lead? You or your wife? Would you both sort of share it? or
6: We are never home at the same time. So <laughs> we're almost almost, almost never. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of at home cooking. Uh, and I, I just kind of have like things that I like to do. I, you know, every Wednesday I, I make pizza dough and then I make um, pizza with the boys. That's really exciting. And I spend a lot of time like trying to figure out how to make better and better pasta. Um, and this year I became... Uh, as Tracy knows, obsessed with my with my my rice cooker and my air fryer, uh, and so both of those uh, are on heavy rotation um, in different ways. In the summer, I, I've, I've noticed in the summer that I'm less inclined to use my air fryer. I, was, I also just inherited a little charcoal barbecue, uh, and so I'm actually out of town right now in a place called Parksville, uh, and with me I brought like, like a four week dry age strip loin that I've got to go clean down and cut up and wow. figure out how to how to cook. So that's really exciting. But that yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I love
0: yeah, I my rice cooker to death. That was the one I showed you in the in the yeah. lunch. I would carry it as a purse if it wasn't <laughs> by my husband. So you know, I try it out of nice. my cold, try it out of my cold <laughs> dead hands. Um I said I at the have... top of the show that we are super excited because we are going to see you at Bramble fest this year right you firmed up your plans you cleared your schedule it's happening,
6: it's happening. yeah it's great yeah I, know, I didn't I, I I'm you know anywhere that anywhere Brand asks me to be I'm gonna say yes <laughs> I spend a lot of time obviously chatting with Brian and that's great and getting to 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 be somewhere with Brand and Dan and like all of the double deckers and all the love I mean I'm not passing that up that's amazing Well.
0: <laughs> no. I know that Aaron, Beth, and I are super excited because we haven't met you in person yet. So we're thrilled, right?
6: I'll
5: be there. I have a question. Um, Sure, go ahead, Jess. So, okay. So one of the things we kind of joke around a lot in our group is like when Hallmark movies make a thing about a particular industry and like one of us will be in that industry. We're like, yeah, that's not how that's done. Mm -hmm. Um, You owning restaurants and you having been in several restaurant-themed, restaurant-centered Hallmark movies, what's one thing if anything that they do right, the hallmark is <laughs> right about ownership, if anything. And what's the thing that they do wrong that like gets the most under your skin?
6: I'll do that one first. Table settings. Table settings, table settings, table settings. Every single time. It doesn't matter, it happened on Curious Caterer. It happened, it happened in Appetite for Love. It happened in in Dash of Love. Like uh, there was one of them, I can't remember which one, but I got there early and they were setting up sort of the dining room shot and I just walked around the dining room and I redid it and then the (laughs) prompt person came and pretty much yelled at me and then I was like no it's wrong like it's like it's wrong and I I sort of like I was talking them through and they were like this is how we want it." it it was just like a big thing but it makes me crazy also because it's such an it's like it's such a layup like you can research it um yeah so that does make me crazy. One of the things they do right, and each production is different. Um, but on on movies where like where food goes out to the table and whether people consume it or not, but it kind of like passes through the shot, um, you have like you have food designers, Some, somebody who's in the back who's like making the plates beautiful. And although they don't get it right all the time, there are there there have been a number. Um, Taste of summer was one of them where I thought they got it they got it really right where the things that were dropping down were um, composed the way a chef would conceive of them. It wasn't just like uh, a, a, a pedestrian putting things on a plate, you know, the way any of us would plate it at home. Because there's a, there's a difference, like there's an art to how you played at a restaurant versus how you played at your house. I You throw it on the plate and you're like, okay, eat it, it's, it's gonna taste good, it's a meal, no one's taking pictures of it. Um, but restaurants more and more are driven towards, you know, social media, Instagram, Mm-hmm. there's there's an experience that 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 is meant to occur from the the item getting dropped down and height plays into that and depth of color plays into that and you know, like uh, how does the palette how does the color palette work against the plate and all that sort of stuff so um huh. i'm always really stoked when a when a production gets that sort of like takes that into account
0: uh, presentation is everything you eat with your yeah. eyes first right yeah so- Yeah, actually in my um, Facebook, my personal Facebook, it came up in my memories that 11 years ago today, I posted this salad that I had done with some um, nectarines and some grapes and some lettuces from the garden and some blue cheese and everything else. Oh yeah. And that's virtually the salad that I made two nights ago. (laughs) So I wrote, you know, even if you evolve as a human, you know, in 10 or 11 years, Facebook is here to remind you that your socials haven't changed. It's just food. It's always food. Food and flowers. Yeah. Um,
2: can you have been on both romantic Hallmark movies and the mysteries, which not every actor gets to do? You know, a lot of them are in one or the other. What is the difference on a Hallmark, like when you get in there and you get to the set when between being, hey, this is romance and Mm -hmm. hey, someone has died? And it's romance. I'm like, yeah, lifetime movie. That may be the same thing, but in Hollywood, it's not. (laughs)
6: No, it's it's very. Yeah, there's a distinct difference between the two. What is the difference? I don't know because a lot of the people who are involved in the movies, they know the genre, and so they kind of approach it the same way or in similar ways. But so, like, on set activity, I don't think there's much, much, much of a difference. Like, like. How do I say this? The people who book Hallmark movies are just kind of like salt of the earth great people. And so onset is fun, no matter which one you're in. also because, although Hallmark has started to seem seemingly started to move in direction where the the thing that happens in a mystery is getting more and more grim or or at least there's the the door is open for it to be a real, you know, the first time that that we did something that had a murder in it you know, it's off camera and you kind of hear about it and you never see a body and you like, it's all just discussed. And so there doesn't feel like there's a, a big weight around it in the movie anyways. And and to some extent, I think at least the directors that I worked with, they didn't really want want that originally. It was like, no, let's not make too big of a deal about the fact that somebody was just killed. Um, whereas like in Curious Caterer, like there was a little bit more gravitas uh, to, to that, to that moment when she's been poisoned and whatnot. Um, But I I would just kind of say like the the rom-coms versus the mysteries in my experience, the mysteries tend to be like multiplayer versus the rom-coms are like two or three of you. And so there's a different intimacy that happens while you're shooting where it's just like the A story, like the A story, um, two leads, and then like the best friend chit chatting and having little bantery moments versus a full bullpen like we had in Darrow and Darrow or, you know, like, like the, the dinner party scene style um, of, of curious caterer where like, all the suspects are there. There, there's like a different energy that happens when you have that many actors kind of like vamping. (laughs) Um, It becomes very fun, but it it also becomes very like focused drawing. Like, like even you in the scene, you're you're quite alive because you're paying attention to what's happening. Like three, three, um, setups over from you like if you kind of look over like there was a the, you know just to give a, a real life example there was there was a moment where like jc in the first one was talking with somebody in a setup and, and she was quite far from us but there's such silence on set that you can kind of hear what everyone's doing and then once the scene started it, it it still kind of draws your attention and so it looks very alive it looks the way it does if you were to look at a a wide shot of people in real life where where like you and i might be in a conversation but something something quickly shiny objects at you and you you kind of glance off and you pay attention and you come back and it creates this air of suspicion um that isn't really there but but it kind of appears that way whereas in the uh in the rom-coms there's there's just there's an intimacy where like the two of you or the three of you who are in the scene are always actually just focused on each other there's not much more um to draw your your attention and i think that the read on that when you end up watching it is and again, we read we read so much into that the way people are when you're in a scene where there's intimacy, instead of your eyes darting off to something way in the distance, it might dart down to the person's necklace or to an earring or to like the, the way hair moves all of a sudden. And from a viewer, you're like, oh, my gosh, they like each other. <laughs> so it's just it just creates a different like um, uh, reaction, I think, from the audience.
0: Is that sort of what it was like with The Vows We Keep when you were working with uh, Fiona? Fiona? Yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah, very much so. And like she and I were just always in the scenes together with like not much else happening. Like the things that we were discussing were not romance focused, um, which was super tricky. Um, <laughs> it just was. Like, I, there's, there's no way to say that um, differently. It, it was like a script where on paper, there was nothing to prove that these two were necessarily going to fall for each other or even actively falling for each other um but what it did allow is this space in a scene to just take the other person in and trust that the camera can catch those little moments that that the two of you are 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 actually having Um, yeah and so that, that that was a lot of it you know like i remember there was a scene where her family has shown up to help put up these like lights or something in an outdoor sort of like garden scape and she and i pass each other and we i don't know how many versions of it we shot but the 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 one that they captured again was very intimate like there was there was something that happened between these two people that didn't even have any context you were sort of like why that, that was really flirtatious, but it 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 came out of she and i getting to have a private moment in public
0: yeah absolutely as real people yeah as real people. Yeah. yeah. Would you ever want to play a villain? We were kind of talking to. about that earlier because oh yeah, you know, you're always described as charm and, you know, both in person and, and on the screen, it's charming and thoughtful and, you know, um, kind, generous, you know, do you ever just want to unleash and be a bad yeah. guy?
6: I would love, I would love to play a villain. In fact, like, I mean, I have two two sides of answers to that. I think that the best villains are the nice guys.
1: Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm.
6: like, especially in this yeah. world that we live in, like the more someone can seduce you to trust them, the more somebody can, can draw you into the fold, the more somebody can blur the line actually between what is good and what is bad. Uh, you, I... Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
5: No, I just think you would be a really terrifying uh, villain. You'd be really good at being a terrifying villain. I just you yeah. have one moment, one line in the the curious caterer, where you're just like it's taken care of. I'm like, oh man, if you're you replace, I know I'm not, not going to sleep at night. Yeah,
6: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I, I really and, and you know like like, and I remember that. I remember that line. I remember choosing to think of it a certain way, understanding that that could be misconstrued especially because in a movie like that everybody is a villain so we have to we have to believe that that person could be a suspect for some reason um but yeah like in in that regard i i would love to play a villain that you would never suspect would be the one who does it because you like him i think that the scariest villains are the ones you end up rooting for um, and that when they go down for whatever it is that they did it messes you up because you realize, oh, you would have gotten got too. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you would have fallen for it. Yeah, that's one side, and then and then there is another side that I would love to play a villain that's like way, way outside of my comfort zone. But but uh, yeah. there's there's like another side to me that is that like, you know, at Bramblefest, I would tell stories about like New Deal and like 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 very fast talking, very um. Like not manipulative but but sort of like negotiating there's a there's a there's a piece of me that kind of operates in this strange kind of business i mean where I, I run businesses right so i operate in this kind of like strange business world where people are not always the center of what you're talking about you're often talking about things um products and and supplies and stuff like that and so being able to apply that sort of logic to people creates a callousness um and and a I kind of delight in that in a weird way. Like when I used to do a lot of Shakespeare, that's how a lot of the Shakespearean villains are written. They they have this callousness to them, but they're still very personable. Like one of my favorite um, uh, characters is uh, Aaron in Titus Andronicus, who is easily, like people think that Iago from Othello is the worst Um, um, villain that Shakespeare ever wrote but it's not it's Aaron Um, when Aaron goes down for his crimes his crimes of which include feeding the children of his enemy to his enemy among other things um, he gets buried up to his neck and he delivers this like incredible monologue where he is I mean he's obviously going to die and they're they're going to kill him by by burying him alive but forcing him to starve to death and he delivers this incredible monologue that is all about the things that he wished he could have done the evils that he wish he could have enacted and I don't know there's something really like exciting about that again because it's a side of human nature that in the real world we don't explore um we just like we don't really gravitate to social construct you don't gravitate towards darkness and so if somebody can write that in a way that's like engaging and thrilling my goodness I would love to dig into that and see what it takes for your psyche to like wrap around that and make
0: it a, a reality yeah I'd watch that I would watch Might that not be in Hallmark, yeah
3: yeah we didn't get to talk about evergreen three today and you told me that you took glass blowing lessons tell me a little bit about that
6: glass blowing lessons was amazing so Rukia and I um we we wanted to make sure that we didn't look foolish that was like a real shared value between the two of us. we We wanted to make sure that if we were we were going to be doing it, we were um we we at the very least, I looked like I knew what I was doing, and I looked like I could actually instruct her because that's what the scene required. Um, and luckily, before we even really raised our hands to say anything, the director, let us know that they had already booked us or the producer had let us know that they had already booked us space at a local glass blowing studio where we would be filming it. So not only did we get to learn, but we also got to kind of like lightly choreograph uh, a little bit of business based on, based on a lot of things. I mean, I don't know if anyone here or listening has done glass blowing, but you can imagine it's incredibly hot. Um, It's incredibly hot. And you stand quite close to, I don't remember the name of the technical term, or the thing where the, where the fire is in, and the, but, but you basically like have this long metal rod, um, that, uh, that has a hole all the way through it. And you kind of dip it into this glass and you're kind of spinning it, rolling it, spinning it, rolling it, um, before you, you remove it from this, this fire. Um, but you're only like two feet from it. It's so hot. You're so uncomfortable chance of blacking out 10 out of 10, like you're, you're going to pass out at some point. Um, and so, we needed to be able to understand how close you could get, what kind of conversation you can have with heat in your face like that, um, what kind of phys- like physicality, what kind of physical motions make sense to somebody who, who who lives in that world, just so that for the two of us, we could trust that if somebody was watching this who was a glassblower, they would look at it and they would say, yeah, yeah, that, that checks out. Um, now, at the end of it, I don't know that we were experts at it, but the two people who were teaching us um were they were they were exceptional at it I follow both of them on Instagram they, they make some incredible art at this point and uh and both of them um I think one of them had just come back from studying and one of them was heading to study with like the there's there's one master glass blower in the world apparent name named Lino Lino Tagli something um and, and I also checked out his Instagram and he makes pieces like the size of your living room. He makes huge pieces and it takes like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people all to assist him. So, you know, we didn't get to that level, but I was able to make a paperweight. I, mean,
5: I just want to be clear about the fact that they send you to glass blowing lessons, but they won't set a table right.
6: Yeah. Weird. Right. And, yeah. and I think that has to do with just like it, it's departments. Right. So um, so the producers sent us to glassblowing um, because that scene was really pivotal for them. It was right? a like great they,
1: scene.
6: Yeah, like they they really had a they really had an an, an idea I think of what the scene could yeah. be, and Rookie and I did too. As soon as we read it, we were like, "Ooh, this is like ghost." Um, and, and, and so there was like, uh, you know, Only again, hotter. Was, literally. it was literally, literally hotter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I was talking
6: in intimacy, like it was a scene that intimacy was just baked into. And quite frankly, throughout <laughs> Christmas and Evergreen, like, like, f- both uh, three and four, Rukia and I just kept give, getting these scenes where there was intimacy just like baked right into it, right? Like, the two of us having just broken up sitting next to each other, at the piano, the two of us with a little bit of distance between each other at the train station in a breakup, like, yeah, it was it was it was it, it, you know Zach Hug the writer obviously knew what he was trying to create and and he spelled it out loud and clear and we took the ball and ran with it, um, but when it comes to the the table setting, like I said, it's departments. So I anticipate that it's something that accidentally gets taken for granted, and uh, then there's not sure. anybody like like the level of expertise isn't there. You know what I mean? So like Got the it. person who set the room is the person who's supposed to know. And on sets, there's like, I don't know, there's like weird rules and stuff, but you're not allowed to go to another department and tell them that they're wrong. As far as I understand, (laughs) it just doesn't happen very often. Um, And so I think like they set the room and everyone assumes that it's right. And that's that. And it kind of moves forward unless somebody, unless it's a really like, I don't know, generous spirited set or something where somebody can come in and be like, oh no, this is my background. And you know, um, that didn't happen when I was there. Got it. Yeah, or like, here's another one that bothers me is like, you can tell a lot about the the level of the restaurant that you're at based on two things, the linen that they use on the tables, and the way in which they set the table within the linen. So oftentimes, if you get cutlery in paper napkins, you're looking at low end. It's just, and it's just like, it makes sense. It's a money thing, right? Like paper napkins don't cost anything, uh, or not that they don't cost anything, but they cost very little. Linens require you to have a linen service and so you're getting laundry and linens are one of the few things that you don't make money back on a restaurant right so it's something it's a it's a it's a thing that you do for free essentially Um, there's no there's no recoup and so when I end up seeing this on camera and I'm like oh like and, and furthermore if the linens are used to roll up the cutlery often you're looking at like casual fare fast like a bistro or mm-hmm. something that has an outdoor component to it and so th- th- there's all those like little like s- things that signal things for me that and I, I watch uh-huh. I'm like that's wrong you wouldn't do that you wouldn't do that and then charge like a crazy amount for a steak you would do that and then have like a backyard burger mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> anyways weird yeah
0: so napkins and the table setup has to match the food and the level and the quality of food and the service right
1: yeah yeah
0: Tracy, any thoughts from you for antonio
1: uh i'm sorry the the big panel just got out so it's really loud in here um <laughs> I don't know. i'm just i uh, i i i'm just happy you're here thanks antonio for being here um
6: always my pleasure
1: yeah i don't know i just i just love listening to see you talk i was like nicole <laughs> he told you so many like inside things about the movies which i appreciated um that we got to hear about like the walking, the dog, the dogs. And was that in a match?
6: Matching hearts.
1: Matching hearts. Matching hearts. Yeah, the dogs and matching hearts and which I'm a sucker for anything with dogs in it. So I <laughs> <laughs> love the
0: dogs. Yeah, and I think she well, said did- that you, you were allergic, right? Is I'm that allergic? right? Oh,
6: I'm, I'm crazy allergic. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like next level. There was a early days I did iZombie and um, I was literally just like a guy who gets gets like yep. drugged and falls and dies. Um, and the director wanted the dog to lick my neck to try and wake me up. Like it was, it was my dog. And the director was not kind with me to be perfectly honest um, and wasn't communicating very well. And so like they didn't even take into account the fact that I might be allergic. and But it was this, it was like a really big moment for me where I was like, I need to tell them that my allergy is such that this ends my night. Like, I can't come back from this. Um, anyways, so that didn't happen on Matching Hearts. On Matching Hearts, it was the opposite. Everyone was quite lovely. And I was very luckily, lucky to be with Ryan, because Ryan is like, you could not give that man enough dogs. He loves animals. He is Aww. like the sweetest, softest soul. You you just like dump all the animals on him. and He's like, I got this. <laughs> and so he would look after like all six or seven of them in between takes.
0: Interesting. So do you have any pets? I mean, if you don't have a, clearly not a dog, but you have cats, fish.
6: I got a um, five-year-old and a (laughs) two-year-old.
0: That'll keep you busy. (laughs)
6: Those are are my pets. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have any animals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome. We are so glad to have you join us. We can't wait to see you in person.
6: Yeah, I'm excited.
0: Just about, just about a month. I know I'm going to be there on July 12th is when I fly down, I think you do too. I know Jessica does, Aaron Beth does, Tracy's not far behind, Nicole will be there within that area too and everything will kick off um, in yeah, that Greenville. So I can't yeah, wait to, that to see you. We're all gonna give you big hugs. I'm stoked for that. Stoked Yay! for that. We're gonna ask you to do your, um, your spoken word recitation again. Oh my gosh. we missed it.
6: <laughs> you panic attack number two. i can't i can't promise i'll do that again but we'll see we'll see
0: i (laughs) think it's back over too but this was this was great all right one one more time for the final time here is the definitive list of the 10 best hallmark movies featuring antonio kione number 10 a taste of summer at nine matching hearts at eight darrow and darrow in the key of murder that's um film number two in the series. At seven, Darrow and Darrow number one, that's the pilot episode from 2017. At six is A Dash of Love. At five, The Vows We Keep. At four, Appetite for Love. At three, Christmas in Evergreen, Bells Are Ringing. At two, Darrow and Darrow number three, that's Body of Evidence. And number one is Dying for Chocolate, A Curious, caterer as drafted by jessica nicole and yumi great job everybody Fantastic. thank you so much let's all say
5: let's all say bye bye, right.
0: bye.
5: Thank, thank you for thank putting you. so much so much
6: care and attention into drafting that
5: it was so much fun a
6: It a so much. I love, I love it
0: it was so much fun thanks you guys see you really forever <laughs> bye Hallmark Movie Drafts is produced by me, Lynn Austin, with additional creative and research support from Erin Beth Cermak and Katherine Baca. This show would not be possible without the dedicated and talented Deck the Hallmark Podcast double-deckers who share their passionate opinions on these Hallmark movies that we love, or maybe not love, so much. Intro and outro music is courtesy of Amada Sabana. If you love this pod, please leave a five-star review. It helps other Hallmark movie fans to find us and join in on the shenanigans. Be sure to follow the show at Hallmark Movie Drafts on Instagram.